0: Right. This is one of my favorite podcast series, which we've been calling Spun Mafia. It's a playoff of the PayPal Mafia founders, um, and it's the four founders of Spun Logic. This is the third episode, so if you haven't listened to the first two, I highly recommend you go back and listen to those so you get the full story. In this episode, we dive into the sale of our business to Engage, why we chose Engage in the first several, uh, I guess I'll say rocky years. Uh, we definitely share a lot of the things we wish we'd done differently and some of the stories that maybe no one has ever heard. I hope you enjoy it. Okay. We got ourselves organized for a third time here. All right. Four screens. Four Four screens. The settings again. (laughs) Everybody's looking better. We're starting to get ourselves, just takes hours, few hours, and we get there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to spend a thousand bucks on a microphone like Jeff did for the next one. That doesn't
0: look very professional with it. Yeah.
2: You know what I'm
3: going to do? I'm going to move some workout equipment in the background of mine, just like Ryu did. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guarantee you I use this mic more than he uses that workout equipment.
3: (laughs) That's
1: why it's in the carriage house. (laughs) Yes. You take that one.
0: All right. So today. We're going to dive into Engage, which is, I guess, chapter two for us. Um, But I thought we would just take a small step back and um, bring us to, I guess it would be maybe third quarter of 07. Um, We sold in March of 08. Third quarter of 07 was right when we had two competing offers to buy our company, right? Raghu, take us from there.
1: Yeah, um, real quick, basically in the third quarter, in reality, I think we got six offers, but like very quickly it, um, after some back and forths. Um, and there was a clear two top two um, that went back um, round around. And the, And we got to meet further and further discussions with both of the firms. And um, now that many years have passed, I don't know if there's any point in that NDA from 13 years ago or something like that but um the 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 two firms were obviously Engage which was a brand new firm essentially um with a couple of divisions we'll go into that in in a moment and another firm that was um called Hagen Direct Marketing that was backed by Lake Capital and um they were still run by the original founder uh whose last name was Hagen and um they had a vision of doing this roll-up, and they ended up um, coming very close. Um, honestly, it was a flip. In some ways, it was a flip of a coin. Money-wise, it was basically a flip of the coin. Um, and um, they had a built-in way that they wanted to integrate us after merger. Remember him walking around our office saying, "Well, we have a gold team that does this, and a green team that comes and does that." The red team comes and does finance. The blue team does human resources. We do this in the first six weeks. This. And then all of a sudden, um, I remember Jeff looking at me and going, gee, they really know how to run a firm. Why do they need us for it? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and um, Engage was new um, and kind of didn't have those processes in place, which we thought was a good thing, um, and that we could be a part of it and have be a voice in it. But also we knew um, in a way that Atlanta would be a division and we'd have a little bit more autonomy for growth. Um, And as I think I said in the first um, uh, spun cast um, on this, um, we also got Ohio State season tickets out of it. um, So that helped.
0: Right, yeah. Engage had a Columbus, Ohio, Austin, Texas, Orlando, and uh, Hagen had Chicago. San Francisco?
1: Uh, something in Seattle. Hmm. In, um, Lake was out of Chicago. I think Hagen was out of the Northwest. I remember the original website for um, Engage was the skylines, except Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Orlando, Austin, and Columbus are not known for their skylines. But anyway, that was, um, I digress.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the promise, the promise of Engage was at that time, three centers of excellence, right? We were going to be the digital center of excellence. There was an advertising center of excellence in Columbus, Ohio, and a direct marketing center of excellence in Austin, Texas. That was how it was pitched to us, right?
1: Yeah. And and then also the vision of a legendary marketer in Stan Rack, um, kind of tying it all together. And honestly, Stan was a big part of Kind of the final decision as well.
0: Yeah, I I feel like he was a um, a special thing that came with that 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 Hagen didn't have. Um, Raj, what what do you remember about the decision process there?
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of to Raghu's point, I think money was really it it was it was so close, right? And so a lot of it was, um, you know, what could we truly influenced instead of just being a cog uh, in a system. I remember that was important. Um, also, you know, we'd have a voice um, in really shaping what digital would be uh, much more, I think, um, on the engaged side uh, than the Hagen side. And so I thought, we. I remember us thinking that that would be one uh, good for us because we, we felt we, were, we had great talent around that and we were doing extremely well. I mean, that's why we were attractive. So that would be, um, you know, really good for people, really good for us, uh, but also, you know, going into um, a large organization uh, that can open up the doors. If you remember back then, like, we were hitting up against RFPs, um, you know, that we, we couldn't get past the, you know, the, the bigger media side of things, the advertising side of things that, that needed to open up. So we thought, my gosh, these guys have those elements, you know, uh, and these other elements, and there the seem to be a lot of different things. So, this may be uh, in a way to to boost up from where we were going with with existing retainers.
1: Oh, I forgot one point. Um, creative was something we did, but wasn't really our core specialty. And engage on in video and some other stuff had some more ad oriented creative. Hagen was more direct marketing. So I think. Honestly, our creative is probably on par or maybe even mm. better. So yeah. Um,
0: so, as we were doing this, um, Danny, you stayed the shortest period of time. When we, do you remember, were you thinking I'll stay for a short period of time? I'll see how it goes. And then I'll, I would like everyone to sort of answer that. Like when we went into this, were you thinking we'd stay for the long term?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't think any of us were ready to go the moment we did the transaction now I might be speaking for you guys, but I kind of remember us at least wanting to see where this took us. And I think that feeds into what Roger or you remember about the decision-making that we, we thought we were going to lead the agency in digital. We knew they didn't have another digital shop really. And so we were going to be a bit of a standalone unit in Atlanta. At least we thought we would have more control over how to run the business. And uh, I think we were interested in seeing how that would go. And I remember being interested in seeing how that, was, that would go. I mean, for me, and I think for all of us, maybe, um, it was our first acquisition like that where we had to merge into another company and i think we were uh maybe uh youthfully eager to experience that and see what it would be like to to merge you know a leadership team into another leadership team and join digital with traditional and all the stuff that looked like it was going to be a very fun challenge at the time of the transaction so um i think we were eager to participate in that and then i i remember distinctly having conversations at home about making sure we stayed on for at least a year if not two to um to experience that but also to see where we headed as a company to see if it was something that we wanted to stick around and be a part of so definitely not didn't have the day one jitters uh, it was it was intentional to stick around for a while and to, to experience both the merger and then see who we, we started to become as a result
0: same with you guys roger uh
1: yeah i mean honestly we were it was a booming economy everything was going good we kept, <laughs> kept growing um, for like two more months <laughs> kind of felt like February 29th, 2020, you know, yeah. with the, the uh, World Without Oyster. But you never know what the, what's in the near term future. If you did, then you'd be a head fund or a private equity fund. You wouldn't be an agency. Um, so uh, to the extent that you can predict that. So we went into it not knowing what the future would hold, but we knew what where digital was going. It was going to get bigger. We were going to have a bigger role in it, traditional was going to become more digital all those things were true regardless of whatever happened with the economy for the next year or so which we had no clue about but we were in it for to see what it could be and honestly we were also going to be shareholders in the new firm so not only did we think it we were sort of the pig and the chicken Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah i mean uh for me yeah, much like the rest of you, I don't think any of us like intended to to jump out a- anytime soon. You know. so I think we all um, kind of jumped in and tried to understand things and learn from it and everything else. Um, I do remember though, like yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously the the entire economy crashed. Yeah, you know, a couple of months uh, uh, later, we were actually doing the Atlanta office at least was actually doing still fairly well, right? Considering, but there was more turmoil um in the rest of the organization that i don't think we truly uh, anticipated could ever even anticipate and probably don't even uh, truly grasp at the time of what was going on with certainly the direct business and the advertising business um they were getting clumbered. um you know jeff i don't know if you
0: want should i go into the sabbatical story real fast because that's, that's kind of how it went out or Let's, um, let's talk, let, because that's sort of at the end of year one or so. So let's just talk about how that first year went. Um, I very much did not like that first year. Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty terrible.
1: <laughs> oh, the first couple of months weren't bad at all. Well, I think it was, like, yeah. the well, first,
0: I think it was you know, there was pressure back into the
2: business yeah. right, to counter for yeah. um, that's right. as well. That, that, I don't think we truly anticipated that level of pressure back into um into uh ours. and then you know th- there was also i'd say like as the months went by you know y- you got that that pressure turned into almost hand-holding right which is jeffroy what you hated the most <laughs> right
3: it's that, one of the yeah things- well we had um yeah we, we had a unique situation right like a uh, I mean just like what we've just seen with coronavirus right the when 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 the world goes crazy or there's a there's a huge downturn, you really get to see the character of a leadership team. And what happened was we got we were we were really all of Engage was a new leadership team. I mean, we were the last one to be acquired into that group. So you had a relatively new leadership team. It was young. It didn't have time to establish itself. And then bam, the economy fell out and you know, the character of the overall leadership team started to come out because then it became a little bit of a finger pointing game about why aren't you where you say you should be and stuff like that. And I think that was very difficult for us.
1: Yeah, I think part of it was, why aren't you guys growing by 25% to make up for other stuff shrinking by 50%? And in reality, we were supposed to be one P&L. So obviously we wanted to contribute and grow. Um, I would say, I guess I was still running ops and finance at the time. We did finish, I think like a couple hundred grand more in revenue in 2018 than we did in 17. So we actually grew, but uh, yeah, yeah, obviously not to the extent that we thought. But, 2008 um, and
0: 2007, but yeah, um, we were relatively flat, which was a good thing then, um, yeah, but yeah. the pressure was on us. And I do think all four of us had very different experiences because we were involved sure. in different aspects the thing that that um i actually just like the most is really what danny was talking about because i would go to the you know that there would be these leadership meetings um where the like i was chief digital officer um so it sort of meant i was supposed to be over that area of excellence for the company and the oh my gosh the divisiveness the uh, just the mistrust in those meetings it was unbelievable um and there was you know the 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 CEO and the top leadership um, was mostly in the Columbus office. And there was always this slant of helping make sure that office didn't have to make changes. And so it was, I just felt like, yes, Danny's right. That there was problems um, because of the economy and it just shined a light on, I would just say a complete lack of leadership.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of weird because you, in the first year after a, um, transaction for those folks listening to this who aren't who usually aren't on that transaction side of the world. The first year has a special amount of pressure when you sell. There's like a, um, usually they hold back like 10%, 15% or something for like an escrow. And then meanwhile, also obviously you want to do the earnout. You want to make everything work. So there's some double pressure on minding your own store while also trying to integrate it at the exact same time. So there's, we were a little naive around that, but at some point during the year, we had to concentrate on that piece too, because it was such a big change. Um, in some ways, it was a bigger change than what's going on right now with COVID. COVID's changed a lot of behaviors, and it's been a terrible economic shock in one way, but not on the investor side as much. Um, you know, so, uh, some of this stuff with the markets and things like that is not as disrupted. I'm not actually sure why, but um, th- the depth of the 08 one, you thought things everything was gonna fall apart in a different way than you do now.
3: I think it's important to note here that that nothing in this video is meant to be investor advice on the state of the market or the economy. <laughs> you yeah, should I not think. make any trades based on anything you hear in this, <laughs> in this video. Disclaimer. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I I'll say something, uh, follow the consumer and, if and go where they're going. You're going to work. It's going to work out, but yeah, as far as what the heck's going to happen, uh, you know, in, uh, the next quarter or whatever, um, if you play the right game with the consumer, you'll be correct in the agency world, but you could be wrong for a few months.
2: Well, I mean, I, I want to touch. So, I mean, Jeff was exposed, Yeah. You know, into the senior leadership i think much more than uh than uh, us three right maybe we'd go a bit more right but certainly danny and i less so right but i, I can mm-hmm. tell you like, take a step back for a minute like in previous episodes, we talked about you know why we were trying to um, um you know look for a partner to sell into right because we also knew our natural limitations uh and doing so so i think a lot of the assumptions of of, of selling into engage was like well, these guys know what they're doing, right? They'll lead us through this stuff. And then what we end up finding is like, well, not really. <laughs> no one knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, so that was a, probably a disappointment. Um, uh, uh, and certainly much later on, even more so.
1: Yeah. Hey, I tell you what, though, we learned a lot then that's helping the businesses we're running now for sure run. So yeah. I wish I didn't have to learn it on the fly. But yeah, I, I, in hindsight, I'm glad we learned a lot of lessons. We learned about people, businesses, planning, how to deal with things. You know, because everybody's facing the same thing, and it's how you deal with it that's the big difference.
2: Yeah, in fairness, I do think. I mean, I certainly learned a ton um, from from um, you know the exposure we got out of that entire experience, right? So by no means am I saying like we were ready to like do the entire thing ourselves. We probably were not. Um, uh, so it was still the right advice from advisory board way back in the day saying like, yeah, you guys are doing great, but you're not, you haven't seen the bigger, the bigger game yet. Um, yeah. So, you know, like it or not, the engaged stuff showed us uh, a bigger game, not the biggest game, but a bigger game. Uh, and that taught us a lot into in our, uh, our future roles and, and mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, painful as it may be, it was probably like really good lessons for us and good exposure
1: in, in a lot of places. I could have learned it a little faster in
3: a little bit better way, probably. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> maybe less painful. Um, so, Jeff, would you think, going back, do you think, it, I, I feel like it might have been a good idea if we had kept the four of us maybe in a tighter communication 100%. circle? maybe for the first year or so. And I I don't, we didn't intentionally do that, but I I think there was, when you have a new leadership team and you're joining another leadership team, there's so much communication that happens from so many different directions and you have people coming directly to you and you have no idea what's happening in other conversations. And the four of us might get the same message in three different ways. Um, And we, I feel like we could have done a better job of maybe having, whether it was weekly or just something very routine where we got together and did nothing but talk about what are we hearing? What are we trying to do? How are we interpreting what the leadership team's telling us to do? Things like that, I think might've helped.
0: Yeah, I would say that yeah. that, I'm gonna put most of the, the fact that that didn't happen on me because if I look back at that first call at nine months, the rest of 2008, um, I think of like, have you ever seen when, when a dolphin gets put in captivity and then it's, it's dorsal fin or whatever folds over? And it's like, it's
3: just no, like no, I don't capture a lot of dolphins, I don't craft capture do. as many as you do. <laughs> it's
1: it's mahi mahi when it's on your plate, Dan.
0: right? Um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I definitely, like Raj was saying, like I, I was really excited to have leadership that I felt like I could learn from, and then so quickly was disenfranchised by that the way they were treating us, the way they talked about each other, it just the whole thing. I, you know, I'm glad we did what we did, but it, it was like, I felt like I had made a mistake and I felt, um, I was down. Um, and so I probably lost sight of the fact that a, we should have definitely been staying more in touch and B you guys probably could have helped me through a lot of that. Um, cause I was attending the board meetings and the strategic yeah. meetings and it was like, it was, it was, it was pretty bad, but I want to, Danny, when did I want to make sure I get timing right? When did you leave again?
3: 2010, the so two years okay. after. It was right, like the so middle that, of the year, I think June, Junish.
0: Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about that first year. I, I just sort of shared how, how I was feeling. Um, talk, talk me through how the three of you were feeling, and then we'll get to Roger's sabbatical and the change that, that happened from that.
1: Uh, I'll kick it off. It was, it was interesting because um, my last six months at Spun, um, was super consumed with finance ops um, the deal just jeff and i both but like maybe a little, me a little bit more during due, jeff and i equally for the roadshow and all the investment banks and stuff but mostly me for like due diligence and stuff post loi um just area of expertise wise and i came out of that and i said i do not want to run ops in finance i want to do something completely different so um I at a little bit of a that. that's okay. Yeah, um <laughs> I got approached by the um, executive creative director. Um he was like, Hey, um I heard you also have a strong technical bent and digital, et cetera. That um uh and I'm like, Yeah, sure, you know, let's hit it together, let's go on pitches together, let's uh try to get creative and technology working together in kind of like a modern way for traditional and digital and all that it it was just new and i think part of the reason the four of us sort of each weren't talking as much is literally we were talking every day for like seven years and here's a little chance to like not talk to every to each other every day you know after seven years of that so you know i kind of went that way on the creative and technology side uh you know jeff um you kind of leveled up on some of the board meetings. Occasionally I'd sit on the board meetings, but it was most of the time it was Jeff and it was very different. So I was pretty excited for a while, started seeing some of the things of like, how do we pitch and talk about ourselves? And I was like, wow, you know, digital seems not to be being emphasized so much, but you know, I thought that would turn around a little bit faster. So there was some frustration in the first year Mm -hmm. that we had some cool pitch opportunities, but I didn't think like, the digital side was being really represented or, you know, a part of it as, as much. Um, one time we went to pitch a large soft drink company. Um, I forget the name of that large soft drink company based in Atlanta that, um, and, um, the, uh, we went to pitch and they brought all these big physical foam boards that were like six foot tall by like four foot wide and had all this Velcro. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Why don't we make slides out of that? and and they said you don't know anything about pitching uh you know phone boards phone boards slapping things around here's an email phone (laughs) board i'm like wow you know i guess they know what they're doing um yeah yeah Um, so you
0: you brought up something i did want to point out too um i'm not i'm not proud of this but I got so sort of not into it that I started making up some excuses not to attend board meetings. I'd like schedule a client meeting somewhere and I'd have Ragugo in my place because I was like, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't deal with it. And, and I loved Halliard like. We should be clear. There's some awesome people that were in, at Engage for sure. And I really liked our private equity group, Halliard. I thought they were terrific, but there was just some things that weren't working with some of the leaders. And so- Jeff um,
1: kept having kids and making me go to the board meeting.
0: That, yeah, hey,
1: <laughs> you know, Anything to get out. If you were disenfranchised, <laughs> it actually helped you have three children in pretty short order. So. <laughs> All right, Danny, what about you that first
0: year? What was it like? Um, were you mostly sort of untouched by it running the tech accounts you were running, or did you feel it? What, what are your thoughts?
3: Oh, I think for sure, I might've been the most protected from the politics um, that you were in, You know, involved in uh, attending the board meetings. Um, I do, like I flash back to, I remember the pressure. Like I remember being very frustrated that we were performing pretty well, given the, the, um, the economy, uh, and that there seemed to be a ridiculous amount of pressure on us to do even more. Um, and there was a, there was some disenfranchisement because it seemed a little um, unrealistic and, um, you know, not taking into account the times, even though we were still performing, I believe, better than any other department. Uh, so I remember being disenfranchised by that. I remember conversations with you guys about how things were going on the front lines and that also weighing into our decisions. But overall, I think, to your point, my, our response to the pressure was, when you guys were working on the sale and, and Raj and I were working on trying to keep the business going and the main accounts going, that just continued after the sale because, as Ragu had mentioned, we did have some earnout stuff we wanted to make sure we hit. We wanted to make sure things went well and so let's focused highly on that, but I, I think we had some immediate moments of, of disenfranchisement across the board, all of us did, whether it was individual moments or as a group with the leadership team we were joining and the decisions they were making and it very became very clear that that position of leading the company towards being digital was not gonna happen anytime soon. It, it became more of a backseat thing for a while. And I think that was disappointing for all of us. So um, there were some HR and personnel issues. I, I remember distinctly that, you know, there uh, since we inherited a more traditional marketing uh, company's uh, employee package, like benefit package and stuff, that it immediately clashed with what we expected as a, as a digital shop with maybe a, even a younger staff. So there were some interesting things that collided really quickly. Um, and uh, so overall, I mean, I think we were a little disenfranchised, but I was protected from some of the stuff that you were dealing with, for sure.
0: Right. And, and Raj, what was that first nine or so months like for you? Yeah, um, I think it started off okay, um,
2: trying to figure out things. Um, but then it kind of, you know, kind of to Danny's point, um, things got very disfranchised, And I actually found myself almost not having a home in a, in a sense, right? Um, within within the group, um, I remember like even towards the the end of the year, two thousand eight, I guess, right? Like literally, almost like, what the hell should I be doing now, <laughs> right? Because uh, I stopped running accounts, I stopped, you know, on the creative side and all that kind of stuff, and I was literally like, we were finding things for me to do. <laughs> right? Problems for you to solve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, let's put up search. Like, okay. I know everything about search, nothing at all. So I mean that was that actually was interesting at the time, like go off and and figure out creating search marketing and and uh, display and so forth. But it was so like isolated. So I, I did feel very isolated. Um which which kind of led me to like, okay, I need to probably go do something else. Right. Um so that was, you know, by the end of the year, which is probably month. Yeah, eight or nine, I had made that decision like, okay, I don't think I have a home here anymore. Um, so I, I, I felt disconnected completely. Um,
3: so, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I, I think one of the things you made me think about that also helped us get a little disenfranchised is we went from literally seeing everything that happened in the company, seeing all the financials being a part of all the decisions to all of a sudden, and this is not like this is bad, but this is what happens to a lot of that happening at a different level so it was happening at the board level jeff that you were a part of but the three of us at least were no longer a part of okay. a lot of that and we were more getting handed down the orders from what the board was deciding okay. and i think that fed into that a little bit that feeling of isolation for all of us because we used to all four be huddled up looking all this together and all of a sudden we okay. were in our own territory just hearing what was happening instead of um, being a part of it yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry Raj. for
1: me i'd say a little differently just i was traveling to the other offices pretty regularly. So it was just sort of, I didn't feel disenfranchised, frustrated, occasionally that change couldn't happen better for sure, but not disenfranchised I was in the room when we were saying, hey, how do we do this pitch? Or I got to know this, uh, the CFO fairly well, at least you know, half the hour kind of knowing somebody kind of thing. So um, I knew everybody. I was in maybe a quarter of the board meetings you know, whenever Jeff had a kid Porter. or something. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> had and, and, and a kid or had I, had enough. Yeah, and because <laughs> Jeff and I had gotten to know the PE guys um, through the roadshow. So I wouldn't say disenfranchised or I didn't know, but at the same time, uh, we wanted to make change happen faster, better, more agnostic to a particular office. And that wasn't happening as fast because stuff was crumbling economy wise but we needed to be more focused as a company about how to react to it and i don't think we yeah. were yeah um and i was seeing all the numbers which it wasn't fun to see those numbers because you know come the fall of 2008
2: cases, like you know like we kind of knew was going like i think jeff and rigg definitely knew uh, uh the numbers but to danny's point like i i i think we stopped being involved in those things. So uh, later on it was like, okay, well, I'm not really connected here anymore. Um and then then I had a a you know new boss <laughs> as well. Right. Then I was like, okay, well this is not even what I do. What am I doing here? Uh so you know I'll, I'll go quickly go into like I ended up like saying okay I'm, i I want to be done but you know let's let's figure out a timeline and I, I wanted to go off uh, uh traveling right um and to, I, I will say that, um, I want, you know, uh, one of the key leaders um, uh, uh, over uh, on the uh, Columbus side of things, um, not the CEO, I will say that, uh, but he actually was like, listen, go take the time off. Let's call this a sabbatical, right? I'm like, all right, I, I don't care what we call it. Sure, I'll take a sabbatical, <laughs> right? And so we arranged a two-month transition of what I was doing to then go off and uh, take a sabbatical. So I left in March, 2009, uh, February, March, 2009. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't even been there a year um, after the acquisition. Uh, And I had zero intentions um, of really coming back because I was like, I'm not too sure what I'm going to be doing here. (laughs) Also, part
1: of it budget wise, you know, it wasn't like we were looking to like have more costs too, so. I, I think looking back, probably making some changes in management or things that eventually happen probably should have happened faster then, but that's a bit of hindsight.
0: Raj, how long were you gone?
2: I was gone uh, for six, uh, just on, uh, I guess, four and a half, five months, five months, I think. I came back in July.
1: Um, how many countries did you visit?
2: Oh, a lot. Gosh, I can't remember. Like probably about 18 uh, or so. It was, a, it was a good trip. It was a good trip. I, and I completely, that was the first time I disconnected from you guys for shit, a long
3: time. It seemed like a long time back then.
0: Have all three of you sure. taken sabbatical type times? Not necessarily on the job, but like in between jobs or, you know. Yeah, yeah right. sure. well, I did. did I did later in life, yeah. Don't I'm you. the only one. I've never not been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you went to Scotland for a month. Yeah, 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 I did do that. Yeah, but I worked, the... <laughs> I wrote a book the whole time. That, that's there. your problem. That is your problem. No, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out when you guys discussed this strategy that I missed out on. Okay, so, um, Raj, when you got back, that was when the new the new job offer was presented to you, right?
2: Well, what happened, I literally landed, I remember it was a Sunday. Uh, I don't even know, like you guys, like, especially Jeff called me, you know, cause the first time I'm turning on my cell phone again,
0: <laughs>
2: <Right>? <laughs> I was like, how the hell did you know I'm back? I just got back and everything else. And that's you know, literally the day I, I arrived back, uh, is the day Jeff uh, calls and say, Hey, what are you thinking of doing? I'm like, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah and then then obviously you started talking about well there's some stuff here do you want to come back and do something in the interim and it was literally meant to be you remember jeff i was, it was just meant to come in and the interim as we went off to hire um a new um you know managing director because you're going to move into something else and i was literally going to just come in just to hold that as you guys hired someone
0: it wasn't coming back i didn't i didn't remember that i wonder if um if, if it was a, it wasn't on my part, but I wonder if it was a test, just to say, well, let's see how he does before he really commit. Cause I don't remember us going through a search, but what happened while you were gone is I had had enough. And I, <clears throat> I basically said, look, I'm not interested in dealing with all this anymore. Um, I'm either going to leave or I think this was, yeah, again, this was early '09, And I was like, let me have one employee and start an innovation group. And let me just see what I can do with it over the next year. Um, and I knew that would get me out of all the BS that I was dealing with. I almost needed to start something again. And so I grabbed Josh Martin out of research. And together, we started the, the, the dig group, um, which ultimately became mostly social. But that, that was my way of staying. Um, but also um contributing um because like you i was sort of like i i need something to contribute if i'm going to do that so then you took the job and you never let go of it
2: yeah i was surprised with that either yeah,
0: yeah I, 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 to
2: be to be honest i never thought i wanted to do the job um yeah, um and you know i remember a lot of it was really just it was jumping back i, I hadn't ragu uh if you remember is always the one who is heavy in the finances right and so this was a lot of my first exposure jumping into that so um well it was hey,
1: after i made sure we uh passed through the escrow and everything fine uh, uh you could have at it
0: <laughs> right
1: but was that 18
0: months was it an 18 month uh uh
1: 12. it was 12. yeah okay. they offered 18 i think we negotiated it to 12. um you know and then we helped out, um, you know, with the, um, escrow, but at our, um, it was our decision too. Mm-hmm. So, um, we went through all that clean. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, did in the background, I kept a lot of finance stuff up until around that one year mark at, at which point after that it was casual conversations with CFO, but I wasn't responsible anymore.
2: Yeah. I mean, I literally went into it just as a temporary thing. Right. Uh, that was my mindset on it. Um and uh but I enjoyed it. It was something different and new for me. Um and so yeah, in the end I, I did end up staying, but that wasn't the intention. It was to hold it for three months, literally, you know <laughs> I don't know at the board level, maybe they're saying like let's test him out. But that was my intention. My intention was just, you know, hold it while she finds someone.
0: Well, um it wasn't It wasn't too long after that, Danny, that you were like, I've had enough. (laughs) Was it because of Raj? (laughs) It was probably
3: because of me. As soon as Raj came back, I was like, well, it's time for me to go. Um, (laughs) I I don't remember. (laughs) You know, um, I think after about a year is when I decided that it wasn't going the way we wanted. I think... I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we what Ragu and Roger talked about, that we wanted digital we wanted the company to invest more in digital faster than we were doing. Uh and we, we believed that there was a lot of untapped potential and it was just frustrating. Uh there was a lot of things we couldn't control and change as quickly as we wanted to. And uh I think at that point, about a year in actually, is when I decided, okay, I've done I've done my year, I've seen what's going on. It's not going in the direction that we're really excited about. So then I just started tinkering with different ideas for what I'd want to do next. Um really for the next year. And then I think about nine months in is when we, when I decided it was time to go and had conversations with, with you guys about leaving. And then we worked about a three month transition or something like that until I finally left in June. So, um, and I re- I remember, it was kind of funny. I, I, I remember there being a discussion about me leaving and that the leadership team, not you guys were, were so worried about me taking people with me, but they didn't want me to announce uh, that I was leaving. And they wanted me to just disappear. I don't know if you remember that, but they were like, so then we just worked out a thing where I just started showing up less and less at the office. And then I just stopped coming in, but never told anybody I left for a while. <laughs> and so it was just those weirdest things. That's we're what happened with next thing you know he was in Asia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> so it was like this intentional slip out the back door thing, just as part of the, the severance package or whatever. I, I think we worked out to, to leave, but um, it was just like, hey, we want you to leave quietly. So I said, okay, well I'll leave quietly. But, um, and that was uh, that was what I remember. I, You know, it was, I think I think probably my moment was yours was faster when it came to the leadership team. Mine was later, but then it was maybe sooner than than review or some guys went through. And I just started early, starting tinkering with what what I would do next. so.
0: Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> the big change that that happened was um, I would say after year two, um, at, at least for me. Um, the dig the innovation group had grown and uh, maybe we had fifteen or so people um, and we were um it was it was ready that i didn't have to run it anymore it was it was we were doing a lot of um interesting things there and i I basically had decided that for me anyway to stay there needed to be changes at the top from a leadership perspective um, i had I had gotten to the point where I just felt like um that i couldn't I mean the stories, <laughs> the stories that I could tell, that that some of you could tell. Um, I won't, um, but uh, unbelievable things, unbelievable things I saw and heard, and experienced. And I just said I can't, I can't be here with that. So I, I approached um, Halliard and um, just talked about a different way we could go if they wanted me to be a part of it. Um, and uh, you know they they did most of what I had asked. And so there was a a sea change at the top and um i i feel like the this i call i think of that as like engage 2.0 where um we started i think steve swanson said you know let's have a no assholes policy which is nothing we ever had to do at spun before because <laughs> we never would hire or tolerate that <laughs> but we had to do it at engage and we made some changes and then suddenly the culture started to get better um so for For Raghu and and Raj, um, did you feel a difference after we made those changes and started doing things differently that there was, did it feel different? I know we started winning more and started to have more growth, but like, do you think of it like I do as sort of a 1.0 and a 2.0, or did it just all feel the Um, same?
1: Yeah, it's weird though, because simultaneously, I guess we were talking about 2010 to 2011, I forget exactly Mm -hmm. when that happened. Um, I know, collectively, the company suddenly said, Oh, yeah, this digital things pretty important. Um, so I didn't have to fight that fight, as far as positioning and and, and, and stuff on pitches, and the economy got better. And we got a more focused new business department. And all those things happened roughly around then. So suddenly, it was pretty beginning to be pretty exciting, because we were knocking on some pretty big doors. Sometimes Jeff and I, sometimes uh, uh, Dave up in Columbus and I. Um, So that got more exciting. I can't connect all of them to the sea change, even though that was a big part of it as well. It's just a lot of things changed at the same time where, you know, uh, ultimately all the changes were the cause and none of the changes were not needed, but um, there was a few different things that happened at the same time. Um, if, and maybe if we had never had the economy crash, maybe everybody would gotten along in 2008, I don't know. But, um, yeah,
2: uh, I, I, think I, I think the the big change was, yeah. You know, certainly the sea level changes, uh, were the driving force around it, but it was when we finally committed to becoming a company, right? Versus three different companies trying to pretend to be a company,
1: right? Yeah.
2: That was the problem all the way through, right? And in, in 2018, that's uh, right, uh, 2008 and 2009 is that we we're pretending to be a company, but really we we're three different companies, one trying to protect against the other and throwing shit across the board, right? When we truly broke down um, all three companies and rebuilt it up, right, that's when we actually became a company and started figuring out shit. Yeah, that was the change, I think.
1: Yeah, and then winning is uh, self-fulfilling when you you know, uh, when you kind of get a win or two and then you're like, oh, that's the formula we use to win. Let's do yeah, that again. But see,
0: but see, those two things you guys just said, um, aligning and becoming one company and winning were never going to happen without the changes. They were just never going to happen um and yeah i mean
3: those sound like top-down type directives anyway yeah. i mean yeah. at least, a, yeah. least yeah. one company yeah. is a top-down the
2: directive. Change. the sea level change fueled okay now we've got to you know in order to even survive we need to do this as people yeah. as, as and as complicated as, as some of those things were right um you know combining things getting rid of things recreating new narratives new systems and, and processes and all that kind of stuff those were needed yeah. to I think at this point, I don't think the old leadership would have ever got there.
1: Yeah. Uh, That said, I don't want somebody to think that just because they're winning, everything's working. Because sometimes (laughs) the economy is so good, you can't help but win. (laughs) But we were not going to win in a down economy by not being cohesive. And I wouldn't say the economy was booming in 2010, 2011, like it was maybe another year or so later. So we earned it you know, we earned those wins, and we wouldn't have gotten them. But, uh, you know, it it isn't important for somebody learning how to be a leader, just because you're winning doesn't mean you're doing it right. Um, And, you know, um, so when we finally were winning, we were doing it right. And we earned it. But if the economy was great early on, we probably would have been winning, even if we weren't. Yeah,
0: it would have masked a lot of the problems for sure. Yeah. But when we made the big change, one of the, the you know, score, call it in the middle of Engage, um, I also took over business development, which is probably a big reason we started pitching and going after digital a lot more than we had before. Um, you know, the person we had in there before was fine, but definitely not digitally oriented. So a lot of things coalesced into that point. One of my questions for you guys is, you know, we talked about this, about the spun logic culture, um, and I always felt like we had a pretty strong culture, uh, mostly because... It, we just really wanted people to be happy working at our company. Um, I guess mainly for, for Roger Magoo, because that you guys were there the whole time. Do you think toward the end of engage, we got close to the culture we had at spun logic? Did we never quite get there? Um, we had amazing people. I mean, we continue to get yeah. such great people throughout. I mean, you know, you, the people are all across the city now doing amazing things. So we benefited from that, but culture wise, do you think that, we got back to that point or, or never quite got there?
2: I, I think we made a lot of strides. I don't think we got quite to this punk, uh culture, right? But I do think by, towards the end, um, we finally figured out our identity. Um, and there was, you know, there was a pride in working for that agency, uh, which was a huge, huge monumental like shift uh from from you know the silos that it was to to then like okay we're coming together but no one really understands what the hell this is to like how do we even say our name to shit like that right uh and towards the end we we finally did have we knew what we were doing we knew what we were good at and um you know people were proud to be at that agency but I don't think it got quite to the stage of spum right where it was truly family
1: yeah in a sense yeah yeah it was different i think um one of the things by going into social because it was so new suddenly the experts at social were suddenly like five ten years younger than everybody else um and we had a big infusion of energy and youthfulness, but also knowledge and a lot of times agencies you live off the back of young people coming in with energy because there's a lot of you know go do an audit on this go do this go help put this together put that together but but our youth was coming in also being smarter than people older than them because they were natively social or were just coming out when all those networks were new so we had a huge amount of like energy and smarts in young people that suddenly we started pulling them into pitches and helping put together important things or talking directly with clients there's no way we would have done that with normal web stuff you know your pm would have been 30 instead of like 24 you know because like hey you wanted everybody with knowledge and we had this big wave of people come in they brought in their friends as well and that really shot a lot of stuff in because the culture wasn't hey be like jeff ragu and raj we were part of the culture, but we weren't purely leading it. We were helping it, you know, stay positive and everything. But there was an infusion of different kinds of talent and, and different things. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was a part of it. They were just as much of a part of the culture as, as we were. You know, collectively, it got a lot better. And there was a ton of energy in the office. And without the company saying, our culture is this, and tweeting about it and posting about it, our employees would naturally tweet about it and post about it. And everybody in town would start seeing, wow, what's engaged doing, I wanna work there. And it just fed on itself. And I think that I'd like to give a lot of the props to the people that came in and the people that, the energy that they brought in as well.
2: Yeah, Jeff, I'd say one other thing that kind of helped get us close back to this month, like the office change that we made was a huge impact it gave like okay this is a fresh new beginning kind of thing
1: yeah um that was 2010 rod late 2010
2: that was late 20 like actually 2011 i think um yeah
1: yeah we went under lease but i think we moved in at the beginning of 2011.
2: yeah that that after that i I felt like oh my gosh now we feel like a a real you know agency and i think it energized a lot of the staff Well we had the nicest
1: uh, office in town
2: yeah it was great i mean for, from just attracting talent and, uh, the younger talent that we were, we were bringing in and everything else and then we did started you know creating those you know cool cultural moments i mean you know the beer uh beer 33s and and all that kind of
0: random stuff and you know people were having fun in the office that was every friday at 3 was it friday Yeah, fridays at three thirty three. yeah somebody would two two people would ultimately two people would dress up and theme and they'd Take the beer cart around the office.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one we did, if you guys remember, was with the ice leash.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you remember correctly, <laughs> take Rod, Take it back you... to
2: spun <laughs> with the ice leash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Raj, if you remember that last one, um, I think Nick was on a plane coming down from Columbus to Atlanta to participate. He landed and found out that there was something that was holding up the contract for another day or two. So he just stayed at the airport and flew back to Columbus, but we had already ordered the ice luge to tell everybody that the deal was final. Um, so the deal wasn't final, but we still had the ice luge and it was going to melt unless we used it. And all of us went around and like poured out uh, the shots everybody. Uh, but it you're didn't talking about for a the, couple deal more to, days.
0: the deal
1: to
2: the deal yeah, to sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like th- those are like even just the, the little things. Like I remember like. Yeah, screw it. I'm just going to spend the money because they're going
0: to not know for shit. Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: Stuck, Moxie, with the bill. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to. We'll, we'll do. I want to do a part two to this where we'll talk about the acquisition process um, and. Then Danny, I'll bow out of the conversation and let those two talk for a little bit about the integration with Moxie because I think I was the only engaged employee that didn't go forward. Um, so I was never a Moxie employee. Um, but I wanna t- talk more about that, but we need, we need more time for it. I will say one thing, there were two reasons why I don't think the culture could ever have gotten to what we had at Spun um, those last couple of years. One, um, least important of the two, but one was because we stopped doing cruises. Um, it, it yeah. was a promise that was made by the leadership that never happened, but then too, because Danny wasn't there. And I think, it, yeah. you know, as we built Spun Logic, um, it was the four of us. Um, but my goodness, the impact Danny that you had on the culture was tremendous. And so I think one of the things I so appreciate that. Yeah. And over those couple of years too, where you were engaged, um, you know, you, you did try to find ways to, to, to bring the fun back. You, you did some of your pranks, um, and that was always appreciated. So, I think I think um, I, I'm proud of what we were able to turn around and build. Um, I don't know that it ever got to what spun was, um, but I think we can be proud of of
1: where it, it was made. something good but different. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. I was proud of it, but it was still good. And I, think,
0: and I think there's a lot of people that really enjoyed it. I remember hearing sometimes people talk about being so excited, or even reflecting back on the days they were engaged and loving the culture. And I just remember thinking. Really? Oh, all right. Well, I guess, I guess maybe it did get get
1: better. Hey, I, one thing I would say, there was a lot more good talent at Engage at the end, um, at least in, you know, in Atlanta than we wish we could have had all that talent um, at the end of Spun. We had some of the talent at the end of Spun stuck through it all the way through Engage and they were a part of that great talent pool, but we really picked up the level of talent um, continually over time.
0: Yeah. We were super fortunate with that. All right, boys. I appreciate you doing this again. I'll see you All on right. the next episode. All
3: right. All right. It. Great talking to you guys. See you guys. Take care. Yes, he left. <laughs> <laughs> every I time. Do every time. I think he's doing it on purpose now. I think he's doing it on purpose.
2: <laughs> so and well, doing it on well, purpose? The joke is hey. that every time we finish this, Raghu turns it off. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, why do you leave? Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't really know people did that anymore. Since you're still here, I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get updated when I post my next podcast. And you can always check out everything I'm up to at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. Thanks for listening.